7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. A very good evening and thank you for joining us on SAFM Spot On uh, with me, Tavi Somosia, on this uh, Thursday. Uh, tonight, we're going to look ahead. We're going to start our build-up to the Athletics World Champs that get underway in Doha tomorrow. We're going to go live, actually, to Qatar in a few minutes just to get the latest from Peter Stemmet, who works with the Al Jazeera, and he'll set the scene for us just to find out what we can expect from Doha and how the preparations have gone ahead of this World Champs. We'll then take a look at our own team team south africa where are the medals going to come from who are our medal hopefuls uh, because this team is without weight for nikark who's failed to recover from injury also without casta semenya of course we all know the well documented battle between casta semenya and the iaaf so we're going to speak to daniel mutuachaya who's been following team sa and he's going to tell us where we can expect the medals and how many medals we can expect this year at the world champs in doha and also the president of athletic south africa mr Alex Kosana was running for a seat in the council. He missed out yesterday when they were uh, doing their voting with the Sebastian Co. Uh, re-elected unopposed. So we'll get all that information as we build up to the world champs. And uh, a lot's been said about our sprinters over the past few years. Uh, there's been a rise in South African uh, sp- of South African sprinters. They've really been doing well. Uh, but we're going to find out from Matthew Quinn, a former SA sprinter himself, of what we can expect. A lot has been said about our relay team. Akani Simbin is also in action tomorrow and his final is on Saturday so in two days actually Akane Simbini will be done with the World Champs so we'll get a a, a view from Matthew Quinn on what we can expect from our sprinters at the World Champs in Doha that get underway tomorrow of course this is all a build up to next year's Olympic Games that will be held in uh, Tokyo and uh, that's what the athletes are are using uh, these champs for and then we're going to wrap up the show with the review of a book that I've been reading over the past few days it's called Siakolisi Against All Odds it's written by the author Jeremy Daniel and uh, he basically traces the journey and the life of Siakolisi from the streets of Zwide in PE all the way to Gray College where he got that scholarship to go and play rugby and his rise through the junior ranks, through the SA under 20 teams, through uh, Curry Cup, the Stormers in Super Rugby, up until he became uh, the first black Springbok captain. So Jeremy Daniel will talk to us about that book. I know that there was a little bit of controversy before the World Cup when that book was launched with Sia Colisi tweeting that he was not aware of the book and he is not involved and is not part of the book. And you can tell actually when you read the book that um, they obviously did not speak to Sia Colisi. So we'll find out from Jeremy Daniel then about the route that he took uh, with this book that is called Sia Golisi Against All Odds. So that's what's coming up on the show tonight. If you want to weigh in on any of our conversations, please feel free to call us on 0891-104-207. You can send us an SMS on 41391 and we do take voice notes on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. And we're going to speak to Peter Stemmet up next. Leading Sport Stories of the Day on SAFM. And let's now look ahead then to the World Athletics Champs that get underway in Doha tomorrow. And we are joined on the line by Peter Stemmet, Al Jazeera sports reporter, just to set the scene for us and just to find out uh, how are the preparations and how's everything going um, in that part of the world. Peter, uh, good evening and thanks again for speaking to us, mate, on SAFM. We really appreciate your time. Oh, it's only a pleasure, Kevin. So only a pleasure. I guess the first... Well, the first question is, how's the weather there in Doha and what kind of conditions are, are expected during these World Champs? Yeah, 
listen, uh, the only the, the, the most accurate way to describe it would be for those people who are familiar with the weather conditions in Durban and Peter Maritzburg. Uh, you're looking, at, and obviously when I say that, I mean at the height of summer. So you're mm. looking at conditions that are in the high 30s. You're looking at humidity that is upwards of 70%, 80 90 even 100% sometimes. Uh, the reality is that winter has come to an end in Doha, but it is still very, very hot here. So, for example, today we were looking at temperatures of about 37, 38, and humidity was still at about 70%. And it doesn't go down all that much uh, come nighttime. I mean, uh, when I checked the temperature about two hours ago, it was still 34 degrees, just to give you an idea. Sure. And and how do you expect that to affect the athletes? Or But I would think it's something that they've been aware of for months leading up to the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. So to give you an idea, I think that the only event where this is going to be a factor will be the marathon because that's being run outside uh, in the streets of Doha along Mm -hmm. the seaside promenade. It's called the Corniche. Uh, that's something for, for people to uh, look out for. It's, it's actually quite nice there, um, although at night you might not necessarily be able to see it show off as, as you would traditional marathons. Um, but as for the stadium itself, the Khalifa International Stadium, it'll be very, very comfortable for the athletes and the fans. Uh, the stadium itself is actually air-conditioned. Uh, so just to give you an idea, oh. about a year ago, I attended a football match at that stadium. It was Qatar against uh, China, international friendly. And it was similar conditions to what we're currently experiencing. So I arrived at the stadium in a T-shirt and shorts because it was really, really hot outside. And once we got inside, I didn't actually know at the time that it was air-conditioned. So uh, I sat there and I was freezing because it was so cold inside. So, you know, anybody who who might be listening to this and and planning to still attend, listen, pack yourself a jacket and a jersey because inside the stadium it will actually be quite cold, whereas outside it as I say, it's going to be high 30s with high humidity. But once you actually get inside the stadium, it'll be very, very comfortable. And uh, it, it won't be a problem in terms of performance for, uh, for the athletes or indeed the comfort of mm. the spectators. You, you mentioned the spectators. Um, what are the locals saying about this World Champs? What kind of crowds are you expecting here? Is it something that people that side are, are excited about? Or do you expect most of the support to come from outside? Yeah, just to give you an idea, I mean, in Doha every year, there's an ATP and WTA tennis event, there's a World Squash Tour event, there's a Swimming World Cup event, there's Superbikes, MotoGP, uh, IAAF Diamond League, um, and, and, and these are some of the events that come to the city on an annual basis. And if, if I look at the crowds that, uh, that I see at those events, and I try to equate that to what we're going to get at the World Athletics Championships, I'm going to argue that it is going to be a predominantly international crowd. Uh, so you can expect to see uh, Ethiopians in the crowd. You can expect to see Kenyans. Uh, and when I say Ethiopians and Kenyans, obviously I mean fans and supporters. Yeah. Uh, lots of British uh, expats in Doha as well. So obviously there's a large expat community here, and I expect to see a lot of those people in attendance. Um, but I think that the locals will embrace it anyway. Um, we, we, we do tend to see them at these events uh, as it is. And obviously it's a wonderful opportunity for them to show off their country and uh, what it has to offer, especially with that FIFA World Cup that's uh, just over three years away now. I was about to ask, are they, are they seeing this championship as that opportunity then to showcase the world that Qatar will be ready, will be capable to host that Football World Cup um, in 2022? I think they really are. I mean, they're not saying it outright, and obviously the, the local organizing committee 
or the Athletics World Championships does not comprise of the same people that are responsible for delivering the World Cup in 2022. So we need to factor that in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, you have to think to yourself that this is going to be seen as some sort of a test event. Um, but then again, as I mentioned a, a second ago, given that you have all these international events that do come here on an annual basis, i.e. the tennis, the squash, the swimming, uh, the athletics, the the, the MotoGP, the Superbike. Given that, um, I think that the country is, shall we say, used to hosting big things and hosting events. And then obviously this one takes it to another level because obviously the World Championships for Athletics is a, is a massive competition in comparison to an ATP or WTA tennis event. Um, but we're going to have athletes here, they say, from uh, roughly 200 countries. We're going to have thousands of athletes here, in fact. Uh, so, yeah, this obviously is a, is a wonderful opportunity for them to showcase what they can do. And just in my experience, having lived here now for about three years, uh, generally, these things, uh, again, I'm obviously just equating it to the smaller events, but mm. they do tend to go off rather smoothly. They tend to be very well organized, and I'm expecting nothing less from this uh, competition. You mentioned the Khalifa International Stadium earlier on, Apita. Um, just, you, you, you spoke about the cooling technology, but overall, how would you describe the venue, and was it was it renovated, especially for these championships? Well, look, it's a stadium that's been around for a while. They've used it in the past for other events. Um, the fact uh, that I watched Kakaoka China in an international football friendly in itself was a little bit of an anomaly because normally Kaka will play international friendlies at smaller stadiums. Now, this Khalifa uh, International Stadium, uh, it uh, can hold as many as 70,000 people. It may have been uh, reduced slightly to, to accommodate uh, the World Athletics Championship. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you've got this, this cooling technology, which is quite phenomenal. I mean, we don't have anything like that in South Africa. I mean, obviously, we don't need to have anything like that in South Africa. But, um, you know, when you, when you experience it for the first time, it's, it's, it's one of those wow moments. You think to yourself, you know, who came up with this? Who, who could pull this off? So, you know, you've got to give them uh, the debut the for that, give them the congratulations. Uh, the stadium itself, from an architectural point of view, is, um, I mean, it's, it's not Moses Mabida, okay, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's certainly a, um, a pretty enough venue, and uh, I'm, I'm confident that it will get the job done. We're going to speak to someone shortly about Team SA, but as one of us, Peter, I've got to ask you, Casta Semenya is not competing at the event. Is it big news that side that that she'll not be there, or have they moved on? I I think that they've generally moved on uh, this side. Um, I think that the reality is that uh, Qatar is not uh, an athletics country per se. Uh, So certainly, Mm. uh, you know, if this was a football World Cup and and maybe somebody like Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar, somebody like that wasn't coming, I think it would certainly have been uh, maybe a bigger deal. Uh, but certainly from, from, from our point of view, uh, as, as Al Jazeera Sports, um, uh, you know, sort of covering these things, uh, it, it is a big deal. Um, I mean, Semenya obviously is one of the uh, faces of athletics. Um, I think that athletics generally, especially with the retirement of Usain Bolt, is, is a sport that, that is crying out for a for a poster boy or a poster girl. And, um, you know, we were, from a South African point of view, we were obviously hoping that Wade van Nickhout might be able to be that face of the sport, and he's not going to be participating in these uh, championships either. So that's a blow, I think, not only to South Africa, but also to the sport as a whole. Um, so what it does do, though, it does give the, the, um, the sport an opportunity for a new face to emerge. There's a Qatari, um, Marshall Barthes, who is a... Um, a high jumper, mm. and um, he will certainly be seen as a contender 
for, for a gold medal at these World Championships. And no doubt, uh, if he can do that, he'll be not only the darling of, of this country, um, but, but he himself could be, certainly in the eyes of the Qataris, he could be the face of athletics. And finally, for those uh, that are going to Doha for these World Champs, uh, what are the do's and don'ts there as somebody that's been a resident for three years now? Anything we need to look out for? Oh, I mean, look, it's a, it's, a, it's a fun country. It's a fun city, Doha. Uh, there's lots to do, lots to see. Um, I would say that um, maybe given the conditions currently, unless you're, you're very comfortable with a day out in Durban in the height of summer, uh, then you might want to spend more of your time indoors uh, at the moment. Uh, but there's, there's plenty of shopping opportunities at malls and, and that sort of thing. Uh, I think that the, the only thing really, if, you're, if you've never been to, to Qatar or to Doha, uh, the only thing that you really need to look out for, bear in mind, is that uh, it is a Muslim country and it does have certain laws in place. Um, but these, these laws are, are mostly to do with societal respect uh, more than anything else. So, you know, don't come here and walk around in a bikini uh, in a shopping mall. Uh, just be respectful of the local culture and, uh, you know, sort of dress conservatively. And if you do that, uh, you can have a great time here. Okay, great stuff. Peter, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much for giving us some of your time and just some insight into what we can expect uh, from the World Champs in Doha. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Tobito. Thank you. Enjoy the championships. Peter Stemmett, if the name sounds familiar, he was a sports reporter here in uh, South Africa for a number of uh, media outlets and he's now working with Al Jazeera as a sports anchor. Um, he is on TV. If you can get Al Jazeera in your TV, you'll be able to catch him. Uh, but he's the one that was giving us the insight and a preview of what we can expect in Doha. We're going to look at Team SA up next. What are our where are our medal chances? Who are our medal hopefuls? And just an overall look of the team that we've sent to Doha. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.4 FM in Hermanus. Well, we continue our build-up then uh, to the World uh, Champs, and uh, we've already got, we've already set the scene on what we can expect in Doha and the do's and don'ts if you are on your way to the World Champs there. But let's take a look now at Team SA, and we are joined on the line by the Deputy Sports Editor at City Press, Daniel Mutuwakai. Trumpis, good evening, sir. Thanks for speaking to us here on SAFM. Good evening, Tabs, and uh, good evening to the listeners. Before we look at our team, um, I did see a story over the over the weekend in the City Press that uh, the President Alex Kosana was running for a seat in the IAAF Council. I've seen the council. It seems like he's missed out. Yes, he missed out indeed. He couldn't accumulate, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the votes that were needed to to become uh, part of that uh, 13 members in the IAAF Council. Uh, so, uh, so it, it it ended up like that, you know, in the election where Sebastian Co uh, retained the presidency unopposed. And and um, he says he was encouraged by other African nations to get to to try and get a place there in that council. What was the motivation behind that? Yeah, you see, problem uh, as it has been, you know, uh, with the history of uh, the, the politics of. Uh, just across the board in Africa, that, you know, it, it's all about uh, the members from the Confederation of African Athletics. So, so sometimes if you have uh, 
uh, as you know, like uh, as I mentioned, uh, that uh, you know it happens across the board with other sports. The the moment you have so many guys vying for positions, it, it, it says a lot about you. You know, mm. uh, I believe there were some quite uh, divisions that happens across because uh, at the end of the day, it seems like you know it's everyone for himself. People just chasing positions. Well, uh, Sebastian Coe was elected and was re-elected unopposed. Unopposed is that a, a vote of confidence in the work that is done over the past couple of years? Because his enemy, public enemy number one here in Africa. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I also looked at that, but uh, you know, from what I hear, you know, the man who has always been there challenging him for that top post, uh, you know, he's a top shot at the IOC. Uh, the Ukrainian Sergei mm. uh, Bubka, now, uh, yeah, one of the one of the, uh, I mean, he's the senior vice president in the uh, in the highest office. So it's all got to do with uh, you know, let uh, I scratch your back and then you <laughs> scratch mine. So I believe uh, the IOC actually, um, uh, you know, ran a riot act saying, you know, because these two gentlemen who uh, actually achieved as individuals while they were still competing yeah. in sports. So there was no need really to, uh, for them to become sort of uh, sworn enemies. They'd rather uh, work together, you know, for the sake of uh, the IW, uh, I mean, the, I, the, the IOC as well. Okay, let's look now at our team, uh, Trompis. What do you make of the team sent by uh, Athletics SA to the championships? Well, the obvious um, observation when you look across the team, obviously uh, without two defending world champions in Casta uh, Semenya, that's your 800 uh, uh, medal right there. You have Wade van Nikker, who's also uh, won't be defending his 400-meter title. So, uh, definitely minus the two uh, uh, people's obvious um, uh, uh, I mean people will deduce that you know this is a weakened team looking at uh, if you just look uh, across the 30 member squad you think I mean who's likely uh, uh, gonna win uh, the medal for us or who's gonna be a strong contender but you know like on paper I mean we still have Akane Simbini mm. who's uh, growing in confidence now going to the major championships I mean, you saw what he did at the Commonwealth Games, and mm. uh, I'm, I'm glad that he beat uh, the man who is likely to face off again, Johan Blake uh, of, of, of Jamaica. But uh, uh, generally, I mean, it's just, um, uh, uh, you know, a wait-and-see game of, you know, how much of um, uh, an extent this team can go in terms of, uh, if you look at the at the sprints, you still have, uh, I mean, your other strong contenders in Anaso Jobotoane, I mean, he's been there before. He knows how to uh, win a championship medal. So so definitely just one team that uh, has to go out there and uh, defy the, the nation's expectations. Talking about that, um, Team SA finished third um, on, the, on the medal table at the IAAF World Champs in uh, London. Uh, what are the expectations now? You've mentioned that um, uh, it's without uh, Kasta Semenya, it's without uh, Wade van Niekerk. And uh, if I remember, it was six medals at the 2017 Games in London. Is, is, there, is there a target? Is there a mandate that's been given by the President Alex Kosana? Yes, for sure. Uh, Alex is hoping that the team will emulate or even surpass uh, what they achieved in London. But, uh, you know, just zoom into that total and see 
the people who actually accounted for 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 those medals they mm. you have i mean you had caster then bringing two medals mm. one in the 800 and, and and a bronze in the 1500 weight as well he doubled in london he brought the 400 meter and the 200 meter silver so so it's not really about the numbers it's about uh, uh, if you look at the like the quality in the team uh, for instance, I mean, you'll expect something from the jumpers. Uh, uh, Ritual Samai and Luva Manyonga are always there in the podium. Mm-hmm. So that's where South Africa's um, uh, real hope is uh, in the jumps. But, you know, uh, the jumps are also quite unpredictable. Remember, uh, for how many years we've been rooting for, for Sunet, and then she'll, yeah. she'll always fall short in the medals, there in the javelin. So... It can be anybody's game, uh, uh, you know, in, in uh, particularly in the uh, in the field events. But again, I think uh, Akani is um, is having uh, quite a heavy burden on his shoulders with the expectations that he'll finally deliver at the World Champs and you know bring bring back that elusive medal. Well, Luva brought gold in London. Rushal brought back uh, bronze there. But, but how do you describe Luva's form going into uh, this world champs? Yeah, like I say, uh, uh, Tabs, I've mentioned there that uh, you know they are competing in one event that is quite too uh, too technical, quite too tactical, and then at the same time, you know, it's quite unpredictable given the fact that. Uh, you've got, uh, he's always going to be faced with the Cubans there who are really uh, good when it comes uh, to, to the world stage, you know, yeah. not discounting uh, the capability of the Americans as well. So, but I know, like, I but mean... But they've got Juan Miguel Ecavaria. Yes, I mean, but for sure, I mean, with Luvo, Luvo, I, I, I always like the confidence about him. He's more like Usain Bolt who doesn't really look at uh, you know how the season has penned up. So and so has been uh, doing the long, uh, the furthest distance. So and so has been in top form. You know, it's how you execute your game on the day that will count the most. And Luvo has become that sort of person. Mm. And 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 Sunet seems like she's off form going into this World Champs. Are there any expectations from her? Well, uh, not so much, uh, especially that, uh, I mean, if you look at who's been ruling the javelin, I mean, you've got uh, the Australians and then you've got, uh, uh, you've got the, the Czech Republicans. So, uh, I mean, she's, she's really an outsider there. If you, I mean, if you were really hoping for her to bring something back, but, uh, Tabs, you know, like with athletics, it's all about uh, who executes his game plan the best on the day. And remember, we are going to Doha, which is quite an uh, an, uh, uh, I mean unfamiliar territory for most of these athletes. Uh, The heat factor with uh, with the use of technology, you know, the uh, uh, the technological advanced stadium that will be cooling off uh, during that time of competition. So. You know, there there are so many factors around these championships that could um, even maybe spring a surprise or two in the process. What about Stephen Mukoka? He skipped uh, Cape Town, didn't go there to defend. He said his focus was on Doha. Uh, is he a, a realistic medal prospect? Well, for Stephen, who's been doing the 10,000, remember, at the last four editions of the, of the World Championship, 
it's really interesting to see how he's going to fare in uh, in a in a uh, in a marathon. By the way, that will be run at midnight in Doha. So, mm. uh, you know, he's got sort of a tough competition going in there. He's got the Afri- East African uh, East Africans to contend with. You know, the Kenyans, uh, Kipruit, the defending champions, is there in the mix. Uh, I mean, you know, all sorts of uh, those guys that are always there, you know, in the uh, in the leading pack when it comes to the long distance. But he, I mean, he's got so uh, so much to do to prove uh, uh, in his first uh, World Championships uh, marathon, given given the fact that uh, uh, I mean, you'd think uh, also that having done so well in China, you know, in hot and humid uh, conditions, winning. Uh, uh, winning, winning the, Shang- the Shanghai Marathon four times. Maybe you could be uh, one of those surprise packages in the marathon. Uh, you'll never know. But the man's uh, confidence is high. You know, I've been speaking to him uh, in the past few days. He's living on Sunday. So uh, all, all he's saying is that uh, he's just hoping that, uh, you know, his game plan will come out well at the championship. And then he has promised that he'll sleep enough so that uh, he's awake at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and and finally, there's been some talk about uh, uh, um, Mark Mondal in the 50-kilometer walk. Uh, does he have a chance there? Well, you know, Mark has always been there. Um, I mean, he's done it. Uh, he's been there at previous championships. So again, I mean, that's where, you know, you have your uh, competition from the Mexicans, the Australians. Uh, I mean, those guys are always really having fun there when it comes to race work. You know, it's one <laughs> other competitions that you you uh, 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 that you never really know uh, uh, what's going to happen because even towards the end of the competition, you'll see uh, one of your guys up there. Remember, it 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 it, it, it happened uh, with uh, Lebokan Shange, who yes. unfortunately didn't qualify this time around for the twenty. Uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, the tables will turn around. So, uh, it, 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 you know, it's, it's the technique that wins the day there as well. So, really, Mark uh, Mundell has got, uh, you know, something to show us, uh, um, you know, by becoming an unlikely hero, if I may put it that way, uh, to, you know, to come up with something in, in an event that is not, uh, uh, you know, really as hyped up as the spring. Finally then, Daniel, for you, what will make a good world champ? How many medals will make a good world champ for Team SA considering uh, the the absence of cast and weight that you've mentioned? Well, I'll be happy for Akani to bring that elusive, uh, to bring back that elusive world championship medal. And then, you know, in the relays as well, we've got, we've got quite a strong relay, especially the 4x1, four, four uh, where you have... Um, uh, Akani is ex- expected to anchor that team that has got Clarence Munyai and Anaso Jobodwan as well, old host Simon Mahakwe there. So, so I'm expecting, I mean, to be realistic, three medals should come out of this team. Okay, great stuff, Daniel. Thank you very much for speaking to us and giving us some insight into uh, Team SA. We are going to take a closer look at the sprinters now and we'll be joined uh, on the line by our former sprinter himself, Matthew Queen, just to look at our chances. Daniel has already mentioned the relay team. He's already mentioned Akane. So let's find out from Matthew uh, what he thinks of our chances. At 
SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Let's get the view now of Matthew O'Quinn, former South African sprinter, of course, a man who's medaled at the World Champs before. Matthew, good evening and thanks for speaking to us on SAFM. Good evening, how are you? All good, my friend. Fine, thanks, Matthew. I just want to start with the conditions. We just spoke to someone that's in Doha. Now it's expected to be very hot. Temperatures reaching up to 37 degrees. He did say it will be cooler inside the stadium. But how, how does this affect athletes if, if it does in any way? Look, I think this is going to be something new for the, for the athletes. No one's really competed this late in the year, firstly. I mean, we're going into October, and normally by this time, the guys are already on their holiday. The other thing is the heat in Doha. We know it's incredibly hot there. But I think the, the big thing about that will be staying hydrated, keeping cool. But the one, the one good thing about the stadium is they've got this new technology which mm-hmm. makes the entire stadium aircon. So no matter where you are, it's actually quite an amazing thing. They tested it this year where the crowd were all wearing uh, beanies and jackets and jerseys because it was so freezing in the, in the stadium that the actual field, the athletes were running around fine. Absolutely didn't feel the cold at all. So there's this new technology that they're working with. I think inside the stadium, the athletes will be fine. Mm. I think warming up, they'll, be, they'll, they'll have to make sure they're hydrated quite a lot. Uh, they're going to sweat a lot. They're gonna, it's going to be uncomfortable, but I think the, the guys will be fine. Now, Team SA touched down in Doha on Tuesday. As a former athlete, sir, what do you prefer here? Do you prefer to get there as early as possible? And how long does it take to acclimatize to the conditions? Look, I don't think it'll be too bad. I think the guys will be all right. They've, got, they've had a, a couple of days in there. They're all professionals. They know how to get in there. They know how to do their job. So I think we'll be fine with that. I mean, most of the guys, the sprints start on, on Friday with yeah. 100 meters. So the guys will be fine with it. I think Akani, I spoke to him this week, and he's in a good spirit. He, he thinks it's great conditions. The track looks good. So things are good. And how do you rate his chances of a podium finish, Akani? He's always been a, a bridesmaid, if I can put it like that, in these uh, major uh, championships. No, no, definitely. I think Akani himself knows that this is a this is a big opportunity for him and something he's progressed through. If you look at his last, he went to Rio. He, uh, I think, he was fifth. He fifth, yeah. London. He was fifth. Commonwealth Games. He won it. So now, he, now with the rest of the world there, he's got a big chance to go out there and take a medal. I mean, I think as South Africans, we're looking at him to take a medal for us there. Is it a realistic chance, Matthew? No, definitely. I think, look, I think this season's been one of those seasons where he's had to step up and he has done it. I mean, if you look at his performances, uh, I think with the London Grand Prix, the Diamond League, he came out there, beat all his backfield. He went out and he won that race running 9.92 season best. And I think that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to get close to a season best chair to go and perform and actually take a medal. And I think he's hungry enough and I think he's worked hard for it. His training's been good. He's come, He's going into Doha in a good shape. And I think we can realistically expect a medal from him. And with the absence of Usain Bolt, I mean, of Usain Bolt, who, who are the guys to watch out for in these sprints overall? Uh, look, I think, I think Justin Gatlin will obviously always be around. I mean, I, I think he's, he's the, <laughs> I think he was probably close to 40 now, but he's still <laughs> training hard and racing good times. Christian Coleman's obviously the race yeah. favorite. Uh, yeah, no one's really come close to touching them this year. So Coleman's got to be the favorite for the gold. And thereafter, silver and bronze is very much up for grabs. And I think that's what Akani needs to focus on. Akani's got a great race plan. He, he, he believes he can beat Coleman. Uh, they haven't. I think they've only raced once this year. So he be, he really believes he can he can match Coleman stride for stride. And I think that's going to be the exciting bit that we see. I think Saturday Saturday night when he goes up uh, against Coleman in the hundred. And it's going to be done in two days. You mentioned Friday and Saturday, and then that's it. Do you think that's how they would they they they, they would want it to the likes of Akani? Get there, yeah, just do the is. job. I mean, look, they go out Friday night. They run the their, their first round. 
Saturday they go semi-final and then quarter past 10 I think well, yeah. Doha time uh, yeah, we get the we get the um, 100 meter final so it's done and dusted in two days then he's got a couple of days off and then they've got to focus, switch the focus to the relay We've also got uh, young Tando Jojo there and uh, uh, Simon Machakwe in the 100 do you expect them to get out of the heats? Yeah I do I, I think they, they're both talented athletes I mean if we look at what Simon's run a 10.05 this year uh, Tando Jojo's run a 10.08 so they in they, they've got the speed in their legs. It's just about whether they handle handle the conditions, handle the pressure. But I think both of them have got some tremendous speed, and they'll definitely, I think we'll see them in the semifinal. And that's the great thing about South African sprinting at the moment. We've got this huge amount of depth yeah. that we just actually need to see them come through and actually realize their talent. I mean, the Carney, we've had a Nasser Wade, obviously we all know about. Mm. But this, there's this next level. So Clarence is the... Uh, sort of tandos. Those guys yeah. now have the opportunity to go out. They're young, they've got experience, they can go out there and perform well on the international stage. And what would you attribute that that that, that, that rise in, in, in the sprinters to, Matthew? Are they getting better coaching? Do we just have talented guys at the moment? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a mixture of everything. I think we actually, our coaches are figuring out how to coach. I think we've always had the talent. Um, I just think now our coaches are figuring out how to coach that talent. And that's the exciting bit, isn't it? So we've got all, I mean, you look at, you think about who's not there. There's Gift Tanda Rocha, who yeah. two years ago were the, were the talk of the town, but they, they've had a couple of injuries and we've, we've got to get them through that. But right now, Tanda has stepped up, um, Dolo has stepped up and he is now the young kid on the block. He's got a 10 or 8 this year. I think he's, what, 18? Uh, I'm just trying to think, what is he? I think now? he's 20. He is about, uh, yeah, about there, about 18, 19. Yeah. He's a young kid. And you know he's running ten oh eight. That's incredible. What about what about a guy like Clarence Munyai in the two hundred meters? I mean, he stunned the world last year uh, when he ran that nineteen point six nine. Hasn't really reached at those heights again. What do you expect from him in the two hundred? Yeah, I think Clarence has got a lot to to prove to himself as well. I think he's got to step up there onto the track, and he he wants to deliver. I'm sure he's hungry to get out there and show the world that he is capable of running that nineteen six nine again. I think he comes goes into the world champs with a, a low 20, I think 20.04, 20.05 round about there. So he's had a good race this year, but now he's actually got to do it on the world stage. And we haven't really seen that from Clarence. Clarence seems to come out on one or two races, and that's what he does. Uh, performs that's very seldom, and now we need him to actually step up in the major championships and perform. And that's, that, that's what Doha's going to do for him. He's got, the, he's got the ability, he's got the talent. Now he's just got to put the mindset and everything together and bring it all and bring it home for us. If he does that, we're definitely going to see Clarence in a final. Uh, and also, maybe he, we'll see him sneak in. We know he's a big time runner when it comes to championships. Yeah. He loves to race. So we good to see him back um, after a lot of injuries and a lot of difficulty so it's great to see him back in the team at Doha and let's see if he can get through to the final in the Chandra. That's why I was going next. He reached the finals at the 2012 Olympic Games in London Anna. so he also medaled at the 2015 World Champs with a national record there, 1987 uh, but he has been hampered by injuries. Does it seem like he's over those injuries? I think so. I think his big problem was with uh, Nasser and he'll admit it was trying to find coaches yeah. or trying to settle with a coach. I mean, he's had injuries. He's been trying to find a coach. So I think those are the sort of things that can set an athlete back. And for Nasser, it's, it's now starting to come back together. He's injury-free. Now he's starting to train. I mean, he's only got about a 20-point 
four, I think, this year. So he's just qualified into the World Champs. But I think the hunger is still there, and that's what's important. So for him, it's about going out and proving that he can run at that level again. We haven't seen too much of him, um, I must admit, this year. So it's really about him going, I'm back, I can handle this, and this is is an opportunity for me to show all my fans what I'm capable of doing. Looking at the woman, um, how, how big a blow is Karina? Were the expectations on her for this uh, for this World Champs? Yeah, look, I mean, Karina, we we're gonna just be blatant and honest. There, she 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 stepped over the mark, uh, and we don't need that in the sport. So for me, for her to have done what she did, she brought the sport into disrespect, and now it's just really. She needs to move on. We need to move on from her and just focus on the young. We need to start finding young talent in our in our, in South Africa. We've got it in the guys. We've got to be finding it in the women, and that's the that's the that's what we've got to start and do now. Mm-hmm. So for Karina, or I don't wish her ill, but yeah, to go out and do what she did, I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> we've got Deboho Mamatu in the women's hundred meters. Are there any expectations on her? Look, I think this is her first world champ, and if we yeah. go back to. Moscow, I think it was 20, what was Moscow? 2011, 2013. I'm sorry, I'm just getting confused. That's Connie and Wade were going to the World Champs for the first time and we'll see where they are now, mm. five, six years later. So for her, it's just about going out there and enjoying it, learning, getting the experience. Are there expectations? Every time you represent South Africa, there's expectations. But I think we've got to be realistic in that this is her first opportunity. Let her go and learn. And then next year at Tokyo, the year after when they go to, I think it's Eugene, let, then we'll start putting some expectations and pressure onto it. But I think for this year, let her go and have fun. Let her go and see what it's all about. See what World Champs racing is about. Because it is difficult. It's rounds. You, you're, you, you're with the world's best every single time you race. And that's, that's what she's got to go out and sort of look at. What about um, the world junior champion in the women's 400-meter hurdles, Zene van der Vaart? Very exciting. I saw her in Jemistin a couple of months ago. Uh, she's definitely one to watch for the future. But is it are these the world champs for her? I think, she, look, she's got a little bit of a different pressure. Um, she's young, and I, I'm hoping she's fearless. All the reports I've heard, she's just she enjoys running, so she doesn't, she doesn't really think too much about it. So it's going to be exciting for her to go out there at the world stage. I think, look, uh, she'll get through to the semifinals. Um, then there's three semifinals, and that, that becomes a lot of pressure. You know, so it's eight, 24, what's eight, six, and 24 women trying to find eight, eight spots in the final. So anything can happen. But for her, this is a great stepping stone. She's made it as a junior athlete. And I think, for me, I want to see her in Tokyo um, for the Olympics. That's going to be her big thing. For me, this one here for her is really just going out there, having fun, no pressure, and we'll see her develop as an athlete as we go forward. And I think Tokyo will be her big one. And it's that's, you know, I think that's what Doha will do for her. We'll give her that big stepping stone forward to the Olympics next year. And finally, a lot's been said about our men's 4 by 100 meter relay team. I mentioned that you medaled. I think, was it in Edmonton where you, where you guys won gold? Yeah, well, we were second there, and then the Americans they were they took the, they were bust for doping, so we and were then you got gold. gold. So yeah. And so, what are you expecting from our team? Is this team a realistic medal hope? I wish this team was a realistic medal hope because the amount of talent we have is incredible. Now it's just about putting it together, and that's the one thing we need to focus on. If we took this, if we took time and effort into this relay team, brought the guys together, made camps, did everything for them and practiced, because that's what relays is about, let's mm. be honest. It's about four of the fastest guys we've got passing a baton around, a slicker and getting it around. You know, we, we, we see com- uh, countries like Japan and China who don't have the same talent as what we have, 
winning medals. And that's where South Africa's got to get serious with. I think we, we know we've got a Connie, we've got Wade, we've got these incredible athletes. That's about time putting those. And if we get that right, if we get that possibility, yes, we're definitely going to win a lot of medals with the relay. This time, anything can happen. I think we've got six incredible athletes. I think 10 2 is our fastest, slow, our slowest athlete there. We've got a Connie, we've got Tando, we've got uh, Simon, Anaso, Clarence. You know, Cedric van Veik, those are the guys that can go out there and win us a medal. You know, I think Americans are so slick when it comes to relays. I don't think we'll be able to, to match them on this. They, they, they are a relay cultured country. So we've got to get there. We've got to train our guys to get that back and around as quick as you can. We've got the talent. Now we've just got to do the practice. For those world champs, I'm going to go. They've got an opportunity. They've got a chance. I'm going to give them bronze. And Tokyo, who knows? If we get it right, our athletes in shape. We could match the Americans for gold. So out of the six, who's the four you would go for, Matthew? Okay, I would start with Tando first. I'd put Simon down the back straight, either Clarence or Naso on the bend, and then Carney home. That's where I'm going. Okay, great stuff. Matthew, always a pleasure talking to you. Send our regards to Heidi also. I will do. Thanks so much. Enjoy your evening. Thank you. Former SA Printer there. SA Sprinter um, uh, Matthew Quinn speaking to us about what we can expect from uh, our sprinters at the World Champs in Doha. We are going to then talk rugby next. I did mention the book that I've been reading over the past couple of days um, called uh, Siakolisi Against All Odds. And we'll speak to the author, Jeremy Daniel.